The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. All right, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for friends and how those are real relationships that really challenge us and grow us. And uh, we thank you for the friends you've given us who are believers And um, I just pray for Randall today as he gives the sermon, Lord, that you would give him wisdom and that our hearts would be open to whatever you want to teach us. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, good morning, church family. Today we are going to continue in our series in the book of Proverbs. And we are looking at various passage from Proverbs today because our topic is real friendship. Now, This summer, our church has been studying the book of Proverbs, and I think it's been great uh, to go through and just hear the different uh, topics on wisdom that we see from this book. But what we've seen is that we need God's wisdom, uh, not just in one part of our lives, but in, in really every area of our lives. And so today we are coming on the topic of friendship. So let's ask, how does the book of Proverbs define friendship? Well, Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times. Now, this word for love is the same word that was used in Genesis 22, 2 for Abraham's love for his only son, Isaac. This is a deep, resounding love. And this tells us what real friends look like. See, it's this type of love that we have in our life from someone else that loves us through the ups and downs that we go through. But in many ways, we live in a culture right now where there's a famine of real friendships. You see, we've whittled down friendship to followers, likes, comments. And what this has done is it's made a flimsy view of friendship that has many side effects. But God created us for something more, something healthy, something robust, something genuine when it comes to friendship. Mother Teresa is quoted as saying, the greatest disease in the West today is not TB or leprosy. It is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine. But the only cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. There are many in the world who are dying for a piece of bread, but there are many more dying for a little love. See, in our lives, we have spheres, right, of relationships, neighbors, family, romantic. But the sphere of friendship is many times neglected until we are desperate and know we really need a friend. Now, in 2014, economist Brian Ficker gave a talk entitled First World Poverty, which I think goes well with the quote from Mother Teresa. But during his talk, he, was, he asked the question, why has there been such an explosion of mental illness in the United States post-World War II? And he goes on to say, in June 2002, a conference was held at Dartmouth Medical School, in which the leading scientists and medical professionals were brought together to try to determine What was it that was causing the explosion of mental illness in America? What these scientists discovered was the following in their study called Hardwired to Connect. 
human beings are fundamentally wired for relationship and that the youth in America are experiencing a breakdown in two primary areas in relationships. One of these was with other people. And the second primary relationship is with God himself. Secular scientists saying that a breakdown in those two relationships are contributing to mental illness. Now, this was around 20 years ago, but we know that the effects are still here. You see, today we must understand that, that we need good friendships, but, but it's not an isolated issue, right? It, it's just like the study says. We can't separate our friendship needs from our need for God. See, we need both. Proverbs 1.7 told us at the beginning that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And to have knowledge about friendship, we must come to God and, and see things through a Christ-centered lens. You see, as we've been talking all through the book of Proverbs, this is not separate information from God, but it is through an intimate relationship with God that we find true wisdom. Now, to help us with this, in November 2017, Timothy Keller wrote an article in the Gospel Coalition entitled, Solving the Puzzle of the Proverbs. And here's what he says. He says, like every other part of the Bible, Proverbs will give up its fullest and richest meaning only when it is read in the light of the person and work of Jesus. Jesus dazzled his listeners with his wisdom. He claimed to be the new Solomon with the ultimate wisdom. The personified wisdom that created the world is finally revealed to be Jesus, the Word of God, with whom God created the world. John calls Jesus the wisdom of God, the one in whom all God's wisdom is hidden. A living, vital relationship with God is wisdom's absolute prerequisite. We need friends, but we also need God. And these two things work together in what we see in the book of Proverbs. And so, like I said, we're going to have numerous texts in the book of Proverbs because once you get past chapter 9 into chapters 10 through 29, what you're going to find is there's different sayings throughout Proverbs. And what you have to do is you have to piece these different sayings together to really get a full picture of what we're looking at today, which is friendship. And so the question is, how does God cultivate real friends and friendship in our lives? Well, we must understand three aspects of real friendship. And here's what they are. Real friendship is harder than we think. Number two, stronger than we think. And three, more needed than we think. Harder than we think, stronger than we think, more needed than we think. So the first point, it's harder than we think. We're going to look at Proverbs 12, 26 and Proverbs 22, 24 through 25. And so the first one from Proverbs 12, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. And then Proverbs 22, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. So what do we learn from these verses about friendship? Well, first, it's to be intentional about friendship. Again, Proverbs 12 says, the righteous choose their friends carefully. Now, this word for choose can also be translated to make an investigation. 
It says that the righteous are intentional about the types of people that they surround themselves with and call close friends. And what it is, is it points to the character of their friends. That's what matters. Now we have to ask the question, well, well, why? Well, it's because we can easily be led astray by friends. Commentator Derek Kidner points out that we can surrender our moral judgment to our friends. And so the righteous choose friends wisely. Second, it's to be cautious about who your friends are. Again, Proverbs 22 24 through 25 say, do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Learn their ways, get yourself ensnared. See, it's been said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Friendship is harder than we think, partly because we are so influenced by our friends. Now, let me address some other challenges that can make friendships hard. One that we face in particular in our culture, it's mobility. See, we are more mobile than ever, and San Diego is a very transient city. And because of this, some of us have become guarded against friendships. See, there are various reasons why this happens, but If you've lived here long enough, you've probably had friends that have moved away or moved on. And so it's, it's easy to become jaded and say, well, I'm just tired of starting over with friendships. But my encouragement to you is don't give up on friendships because what we see is that even through the difficulty, we need them. Another challenge that we can face that makes friendships hard is time. See, we live in a very busy culture and many times we don't prioritize friendships and then when we turn around, we have none. Friendship is harder than we think and we need God's wisdom and grace to choose well and sustain healthy friendships. Secondly, friendship is stronger than we think. We see this in Proverbs 17, 17 and Proverbs 18:24. Here's what they say. It says in verse uh, Proverbs 17:17, 17, 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Another verse says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, what does this all mean? Well, these verses show the strength of real friendship. It tells us that real friendship can be more powerful than even a sibling relationship. How? Well, first, siblings are given, friends are chosen. My brothers didn't ask for me. They didn't ask to be my brother, but they were given me to be their brother. The thing about friends is you get to choose. And a well-chosen friend won't only love you through the bad times, but love you through really every season. You see, this is saying that there's an obligation for family to be there for you during difficult times because, well, they're family. But there's no obligation of friends. See, friends choose to be there. 
or choose not to be there. And if they choose to be there, there is a deep power in that. C.S. Lewis once said, he says, I have no duty to be anyone's friend and no man in the world has a duty to be mine. No claims, no shadow of necessity. And so siblings, we see they're, they're given, but friends are chosen. And so choosing wisely is very important. Second, real friends can stick even closer than a sibling. Now, before we get to that, the, the first part of Proverbs 18.24 has an interesting translation in the RSV. It says, there are friends who pretend to be friends. There are friends who pretend to be friends. So what we see from Proverbs and even today is that there are fake friends. There are people that will say they're your friend, but they're really not. It's a problem then and it's a problem now. So how do you know who your real friends are? Well, Ronald Sharp, a professor of English at Vassar College, who teaches a course on the literature of friendship, says people are so eager to maximize efficiency of relationships that they have lost touch with what it is to be a friend, to be a friend. What he's saying is we, we live in a culture that is so eager to use another person that we don't even understand what it is to be a friend to another person. See, a real friend has the ability to make a bigger impact than even a sibling because they choose to be there through the most difficult times. Friendship is stronger than we think. Friendship can leave a lasting impression on our lives. You know, I remember the day when I asked my dad, why am I named Randall? You know, Randall's just kind of one of those names that you don't hear very often. And what he did was he started to tell me a story. He told me about how he had a friend in high school named Randall and that they were really good friends. And one day my dad invited him to go with him uh, to go ride dirt bikes together. Uh, but Randall's mom said no, it was too dangerous. And so she ended up allowing him to go to another friend's house. And that day he ended up going to a friend's house who looked into his dad's drawer, found a gun, they started to mess around with it and it ended up accidentally shooting Randall and killing him. And my dad told me that he named me after his friend. See, that left a lasting impression on my dad, his friendship with Randall. And today, I carry that with me. Friendship is powerful. And so lastly, here's the thing, friendship is more needed than we think. Proverbs 27, verses five through six and verse 17 say it like this. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And then Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now, as we've studied in this series, Proverbs tells us that we are naturally unwise. 
And, and so we need God's path to wisdom. And God's path, on that path, it does not always tell us what we want to hear, but it tells us what we need to hear. And these verses highlight that becoming a wise person is not a solo project. It's not something that I do by myself in isolation, but it is a community project. And it takes friends coming into our lives to help us to become more wise. See, God's wisdom does not come in isolation. Genesis 2.18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. You see, friendship is more needed than we think. Why? Because as many advances that we've made in our culture and our society today, we see the deep loneliness that people carry on a daily basis. But we also see the need for godly friends to come into our lives and to confront us and to sharpen us so that we become better. Again, look at Proverbs 27, five through six. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. See, it's saying that, that an open rebuke, something that you really don't wanna hear, but if it comes from a friend, wounds from a friend can be trusted. But it says that there are those who will not tell you the truth. They'll actually hide it. And it says that an enemy multiplies kisses. Daniel and Jonathan Aiken, who are commentators on this text, say true friends tell you what you need to hear, while false friends tell you what you want to hear. We need to learn to confront occasionally and rightly for the good of those we love. We need to learn to receive confrontation for our own good. See, there's a distinction between sharpening and gossiping. See, we see this all through the book of Proverbs. When it talks about gossip, here's what it says in Proverbs 16, 28. A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. See, but what this is, there's a difference. Gossip is talking about someone. It's talking about them. It's not trying to build them up, but it's trying to tear them down. But what we see is that in Proverbs 27, 17, that there is a sharpening that happens as we start to tell the truth, not about somebody, but to the person, to them directly. And the intention of it, the motivation of it is actually love. And there's a sharpening that happens in that process. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. See, you and I need real friendships more than we think. And so just some takeaways for today. Number one, real friendships need the green light. Do you know what I mean by the green light? It's the ability to come in and, and, and say the truth. To be honest, to have the green light is, is this, an honesty, a vulnerability, a true love. See, do you have someone in your life that has the green light to tell you the truth? 
because you know that they're going to be there because they're for you, because they care about you, because they truly love you. See, we need real friends that have the green light to tell us the truth. And what we think many times is just, just like corrective types of things, but no, we need encouragement too. We need encouragement from others. We need people to help us to see what we can't see. And so do you have someone that has that green light? Second is the grace of God. Real friendships need the grace of God. I'm going to quote my wife. Here's what she said. She says, a healthy working relationship is a sign of God's grace. A healthy working relationship is a sign of God's grace. And I believe that to be true. You see, God is so kind to us in our, in our lives, in our relationships, in our friendships. And one of the things that he does in our heart is start to build in us a kindness towards others to be able to see from their perspective and what they're going through. See, one of the things that grace does is we start to see people differently. And we start to offer them grace. We, we, we don't go down that negative path and start to think of them negatively, but we, we offer them grace. There, you see, there are gaps that we all have in relationships. But my question is, what do we fill those gaps with? What I find in myself is that many times I judge too quickly. I judge too quickly and not wisely enough because I don't know a person's heart or intentions or thoughts. And so the greatest thing I can do is listen and ask God for grace to understand. See, we start to fill those gaps with grace when we know that God has filled our gaps with his grace. We need God to fill those gaps for us. And so what we do is we start to learn how to do that with others. And it starts to build friendships with people, the ones that we need. The last one is the plan of God. Relationships need the plan of God. C.S. Lewis paints this captivating picture of God's plan and friendship. Here's what he says. In a friendship, we think we have chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the dates of our births, a few more miles between certain houses, a choice of one university instead of another, the accident of a topic being raised or not raised at a first meeting. Any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are strictly speaking no chances secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, ye have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. The friendship is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. See, do you see the plan of God? in your life, working. See, what, what wisdom is all throughout the book of Proverbs, it's just weaving its way through this world. It's God's hand at work. And can you see that he is wiser than you or me? And that we need him to orchestrate in ways that we couldn't have? What happens is you start to give God the glory 
when you start to look around and see the good things that he's placed in your life. It wasn't from your hand, it was from his hand. And so we give glory to God for that. And so here's the gospel today as we wrap up. Remember we started with Proverbs 17, 17. It says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And when you read that verse, you may say today this, I don't have a friend like that. I wish I had a friend like that. I wish I had a friend that loved me at all times, but I, I, I don't have a friend like that. Or you say, well, I don't have a sibling there for me during times of adversity. Here's the gospel today, friend. Jesus is both. He's both. You see, he was called, Jesus was called a friend of sinners in Matthew eleven nineteen, And he was also called our brother in Hebrews 2, 11. You see, he's the friend that loves at all times. Even when we are unlovely. At our most unlovely moments, Jesus still loves us. He's the brother who faced adversity by going to the cross that we ultimately deserved. But we don't have to because of Jesus. He's the enduring friend that all of us need so that we can become the picture of a real friend, a real friend in the lives of others. See, today, do you look to the true friend? the real friend, the one that's there through thick and thin, it's Jesus Christ. And when you see him as your friend, he starts to change you and mold you and make you into a friend that you could have never been on your own. And so as you think about friendships today, as I think about friendships today, let us think of Jesus, the friend that died for our sins. And if you don't know him, I invite you to come to know him today. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you're the friend of all friends, that you're the brother above any brother, the sibling above any sibling, that Jesus, you died for us and faced the ultimate adversity, and you did not stop loving us through our ups and downs in life. We pray that we will see the goodness and grace of God through Proverbs. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. And help us to be the people of character, the people of grace, the people of kindness, the people that have the fruit of the Spirit, that can be the type of friend. Learn to be the type of friend that you've been to us, God. Because you're our guide and we want to go on your path. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.